Hello and welcome to Horror Cult Trash Other, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Christopher, dear. Love my life. Yes. You okay, hon? <laughs> Not after watching this shit. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Okay, so... We can't really agree on as to whether this is entertaining or not, <laughs> but we can agree on one thing. It is not a good film, by it's any means. It's not. We're about to talk about a film about a group of friends that go to a cabin, uh, and one of them reads out something in Latin, and they all get taken over by demons. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we're not talking about Evil Dead. No. We are talking about 1990s Demon Wind, directed by Charles Philip Moore. Now... I do have a bit of a background with this film. Um, when I was about 13, 12, 12, 13, around that age, um, I was moving house and I'm not very good with change, so I clung onto the horror channel. It was one, one connection between the two houses that, you know, they had in common. Um, probably a bit too young, too, but I mean, you know, they had their kids' stuff on as well in the daytime. But, um,. The trailer kept coming on for Demon Wind, and, you know, I was obsessed with this trailer. It looked so schlocky, it looked it looked great, and, you know, it was kind of scary to me when I was a kid. Uh, and when I watched it, you know, my mind was blown, it was just over the top, and... Yeah, I, I seem to remember it being a lot better than it actually is. Watching it now, as a 27-year-old, oh boy, this is a bit messy. I have no connection to this film. I uh, <laughs> watched it for the first time today, and I will never watch it again. Um, it, it has a budget of $500,000. Mm. Where would you think that went? Uh, who the fuck knows? It probably went on Lou... Definitely Lou... <laughs> not on a fucking script. It probably went on Lou Diamond Phillips' cameo. Oh, not on a plot. <laughs> this is banned in Germany. Banned? It should be banned everywhere. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I thought this was terrible. Really terrible. But it wasn't as bad as Home Sweet Home, was it? Um, oh, no. Very close, though. Very close. <laughs> um, well, yeah, as I mentioned, Lou Diamond Phillips has a cameo in this film because he was married to an assistant director. He uh, plays one of the demons. He's name, but I don't know what he's famous for. He was in La Bamba. Or he uh, made La Bamba, one of the two. Yes, he was. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we are. He's, he's very, very famous. Not as famous as another star that was in this film uh, by the name of Tiffany Million. Now, I have made a list of some films she was in that I'd like to read out because uh, she's been in some uh, rather interesting films. She plays a beautiful demon uh, in this film, resembles Debbie Harry a bit. She does look like Debbie Harry. She sounds like Debbie Harry as well when she talks. She does a little bit. She has been in the likes of... Temple of Poon, The Anal Adventures of Bruce Seven, Deep Inside Tiffany Million, The Ring of Desire, I wonder what ring that was, Generally Horny Hospital, The Triple X Files, Lust in Space, Titty Bar 2, Backdoor Mistress, and my personal favourite, Jailhouse Cock. <laughs> so, if you haven't gathered... Um, Tiffany Million, or as she's known in the cast of this film, Sandra Margo, is a porn star. And the editor of this film really encouraged director uh, Charles Philip Moore to get her in the film. Yeah, Best actress in the film? Oh, oh, by far, by far. You know, the work speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll cover Jailhouse Cock on here soon. <laughs> um, 
But uh, the director, Charles, Charles Philip Moore, he's actually made uh, some interesting films himself. He's made, after this, he went on to make Angel of Destruction, Black Bout, and Dance with Death. All of which look of horrendous. Yeah, I haven't heard <laughs> of any of them. Oh, yeah. I might have to give those a watch. Now, there's not much trivia on this film, apart from everything I've just read out to you. But um, the, the last notable thing is that uh, it was apparently a difficult shoot because the director would only let them shoot the film when the weather matched what he wanted. So the fog you see in the film is real fog. <laughs> no, it's not. Have a look on IMDb. That's not Apparently true. to IMDb, the fog is real fog. So that sequence where they're running around in fog for like five minutes, it was real. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> really we couldn't afford a smoke machine, what? you know? Come on. Can't be that expensive. On, on the first day, the cast and crew shot for seven hours and they realised it was a bad film. Any good wedding DJ has a fog machine. Come on. Well, the cast and crew shot for seven hours on the first day then they <laughs> realised it was a bad film. Well, it felt like fucking and seven hours watching They had to it. do two hours of reshoots, but all in all, it took them 24 days to film it. Oof. Oh, I, I don't... I, yeah. Should we get on with it? Yeah, please. So, uh, the plot is, with the need to investigate the mysterious death of his grandparents. Mm, well, that's not really true, is it? He was investigating his dad's death. Really? But, you know, well, yeah. Corey and his friends assemble, but, um, assemble back to the old farm where it all began. And then we get a... To start the film, we get a big title card with the sound of wind. Yes. Yes, big, big old title card. Demon Wind. And then we're showing someone burning on a cross in 1931. We're giving some church music. And we get a pan around a room uh, with lots of religious materials. Yeah. It's, um, it's a, quite a cold open. I mean, it's kind of like you get this imagery straight away. And I think this is probably what scared me the most when I first watched it. It's like the first thing you see is someone burning on a cross. And then all this religious stuff. It's uh, And there's some hymn playing about... Yeah washing in the blood of the lamb or mm-hmm. something like that and dinner's getting cold on yeah, the table yeah table set up for dinner with some candles wine and a turkey I thought it was a Christmas like opener I thought the hymn was like a Christmas carol maybe it, it sounded similar to one and then it was a turkey on the table there was no like Christmas decorations or oh, anything we're not due to start our Christmas films till next week I was gonna say I, was, I did think we were a bit early for the Christmas it wasn't it just happened to be a turkey on the table and the hymn was just something about lambs and blood and God and something like that. And then we get Budget Sigourney Weaver, who is uh, scared of the wind. She's scared of the wind. She's terrified of the wind and she's hearing demon voices. She's got scratched down her back yeah. as well and there's a little pentagram on the floor, isn't there? Uh-huh. Then so her... we're getting an idea that something something's up. Yeah, her husband uh, turns up and he must have had a bit of that dinner because he started throwing up everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, a bit of porridge. Bit of porridge coming it out of his look mouth. Like porridge. Oh, bread sauce. A bread bit of cranberry sauce. sauce in it as well. So yeah. maybe it was Christmas. <laughs> maybe it was. Um, and then uh, he, he turns into a demon. And do you know what the practical effects in this film have a certain charm to them? They are not terrible. They they have a certain charm to them that I yeah. I, I love effects like this in, in films like uh, Evil Dead and Demons. But it's, and such. it's very much. A it is a rip-off of the look yeah, from of demons, demons yeah. which is a far it's, superior film. This is basically demons. demons set in the cabin of Evil Dead. Exactly, yeah. And, but I, no, I love practical effects like this, and it, stuff like that did scare me when I was younger. I mean, now I just admire it. But um, 
yeah, so he uh, turns to Budget Sigourney, and he's like, and now, my pig, you die. That was very rude, I thought. Mm. But um, the demon voices in this film are so over-edited that sometimes you can't even understand what they're saying. Yeah, ma- yeah massively. Yeah, yeah. And it's very much that, again, Evil Dead demon style of demon voice where, uh, yeah, it's just... I can't. I'm not even going to say it. The voice is a total rip off of Evil yeah. Dead, but it's it is like you said, so over edited that for a lot of the film, I don't really understand what they're saying. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's some things about your spells can't keep us out. So. Yeah, Budget Sigourney drops a snow globe. She does, and then uh, the cabin explodes. And, yeah, and a real big explosion yeah, as well. Like a jarring, massive action film explosion. Yeah, yeah, and it's like when the Death Star explodes in uh, <laughs> Star Wars. It's that kind of explosion. So you you assume that everything's been completely demolished. And then we get... Uh... <laughs> what I didn't understand... You're going to hear me say this a lot throughout this. What I didn't understand is that he tells her she's going to die. So then bites her in the neck. <laughs> snow globe drops. And then there's a massive explosion. Why didn't you just have the massive explosion? <laughs> yeah. Like, why didn't you just say, oh, and now you're going to get blown up. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the explosion's very random. Um, that's probably where the 500,000 budget went. Yeah... Because it's not just... No, actually, no. The explosion at the end of the film is definitely that same explosion. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way. Sorry. Two explosion films. We, uh, no, flash- that. we flash forward to present day, and uh, we meet our hero, Corey. Um, he's just thinking about driving, apparently. <laughs> and his girlfriend, we don't find out her name until an hour and 34 minutes into the I film. I literally have her written down as... Blonde. Yeah, four minutes before the film ends, you find out her name. We'll give you a spoiler. Her name's Elaine. Elaine. Um, but we don't find it out until four minutes before the end of the film, and that is so frustrating throughout. So I've just got it down as Corey's girlfriend. Yeah, I just put blonde. So um, it's the only blonde one. So yeah. We get um, a flashback to Corey and his old drunk dad um, <laughs> in a really pointless flashback. Just so we know that his dad was an alcoholic and also has the same religious stuff around his house as uh, that cabin. He didn't have a glass of wine in his hand, though. No. Just recently, every film we watch featuring an alcoholic has uh, glasses and glasses of wine. Well, there was bottles of wine at the start of the film. Was there? Yeah, on a table. Oh, but untouched. Yeah. Well, I mean, she thought, you know, the wind was coming to kill her, so she probably was a bit drunk. Um... And then, yeah, we get some of this weird conversation between Elaine and Corey that's just goes nowhere. Yeah, she's feeling neglected. He went to visit his dad, hadn't seen him in a while. Um, his dad was an alcoholic and he's been very distant from her ever since. Yeah, and then the soundtrack kicks in and again, this, oh, our Christmas decorations are falling down. Um, <laughs> that demon wind. <laughs> the soundtrack to this film is actually really good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little... Uh... Good for you. Did you not enjoy the score? No, oh, it sounds like every other horror film from the time, doesn't it? No. Well, it's not I new, have a weakness for that. Is it? No. No, but that's why None I None of this it. is new. No. But we get um, pop sensation Jess Glynn <laughs> before her famous days. <laughs> she <does> the, the, <laughs> she uh, points a stick at the car. It's a little girl that's watching the car as it goes past, and she does look like UK pop sensation Jess Glynn. Um, 
and she's pointing a stick at the car for some yeah. reason. Yeah, just goes nowhere. Well, yeah, and uh, another spoiler: you don't actually see her again till the end. Till so. the last few seconds of the film. So yeah, <laughs> and even then, she doesn't do fucking anything. <laughs> so you might as well just if you don't know who Jess Glynn is for I don't know if she's made it in America, um, but yeah, just give her a uh, Google. It's just, uh... Well, they um, pull up to a petrol station, and the soundtrack uh, it turns to a guitar. At this stage, you know, like in uh, Batman vs Superman, when Wonder Woman appears, we get a guitar playing, just as he's pulling up to a petrol station, and uh, Corey says he's been there before, and then we get to see one of his dreams. <laughs> what happens in this dream? What happens in this dream is that he's <laughs> got no clothes on. Got his ass out. Got his ass out. We get a nice little pan up his body <laughs> to show that he's uh, got no clothes on. Got his uh, butt out. And um, he's at this gas station, and this woman comes out, and it's his grandmother. It's Budget isn't it? Sigourney. Budget Sigourney comes out. She's a demon now. And she's, yeah, she's a demon. She's like, hi, Corey. And then he, he just, just screams. He just screams. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the petrol station guy, my favourite character, he. Uh, <laughs> I've got a few favourite characters in this, actually, but he's one of them. He's up there. He uh, he comes out with his shitty grey eyebrows. Oh, he's got some meaty <laughs> eyebrows. I mean, I'm not one to judge. Mine are fairly meaty, but bloody hell, you could plant yeah. his. And uh, he basically tells them to fuck off. He, they're, they're like, uh, how do we get to the uh, Carter farm from here? And he's like, you can't. There's no such place. And then like, it says that on my map. So like, no, your map's full of shit. Get out of here. <laughs> and he's basically, he's that guy from every horror film. You can't. <laughs> Get <laughs> out of here. He's that guy from every horror film that tells them not to go up there. It's cursed. You know, he's got a death curse. Um, it's got a death curse. They ignore him. He walks away and they walk into the cafe that's attached to the uh, gas station. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Elaine gets her ass out and she's got some fancy knickers on, ain't she? She's got some lovely knickers on. Were they Playboy? Uh, oh, they may have been. I think they had I the bunny like on a, them. No, I think they had a rose on them. Oh. Or oh, some lovely nacy, uh, nacy, lacy uh, lingerie. Yeah, she's like, she hey, Corey. To lighten the mood. Yeah, she's like, look at this. As you do, as you do. I've, uh, I'm sure we've both been known to get our uh, knickers out. <laughs> yeah. To lighten the mood. Well. <laughs> at a funeral or a... <laughs> Right, in a deserted cafe. Hospital. Where, um, yeah, this uh, work, the one worker in there, she's a, 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 the only worker in the cafe, she walks out and she's like, if you're looking for the toilet, it's out back. Okay, no, Elaine wasn't going to have a shit on the floor. <laughs> yeah. She was just trying to turn a boyfriend on. Elaine is a classy lady. I know, yeah, she wants shit on the floor. But um, anyway, so they go and uh, go and approach this uh, worker. Uh, I had her down as poor man's Ronnie Blakely. Yeah, I can see that. She had that sort of distant look that Ronnie Blakely has throughout Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Well, she informs them that they have beer, coke, water and goat's milk. Oh, lovely. So um, they order a drink and then she doesn't give them a drink. Instead, she stands there and she talks about little Linda for so fucking long. She's like, are you little Linda's friends? Little Linda, little Linda, little Linda. She keeps saying little Linda. She just starts giving out the whole village gossip to her. Yeah. And they're like, we have no idea who you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So anyway, but then we get a fucking homophobic piece of shit turn up. He He is the most unlikable character in this film. I think he turns over a new leaf by the end. But randomly, it's out of nowhere. Yeah. Nothing redeems him. No. His name is Dal. He turns up, he snogs Elaine, like proper <laughs> full on, makes out of her. Yeah. 
tells her she's good enough to eat, does a fucking weird handshake with Corey, um, starts to slag off his girlfriend because she wanted to stop on the way to buy some clothes. He's like, you know what women are like. Mm. And then they start kissing, and it is fucking disgusting. His tongue is going right in there. The, I feel sorry for the uh, the lady who played his girlfriend. But um, her name's Terry, by the way. And then 80s queen Bonnie arrives, yeah. serving up the best outfit in the film. So, yeah, so this is another couple. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bonnie, she's got hair in a scrunchie. Yeah, she looks like the representation of the 80s. She's got a hot pink jumper on. Mm-hmm. Um... Can I, did she have leg warmers? I think so. I feel she looked jumper like she so far down. Had leg warmers. Yeah, a um, jumper so far down. You can see her bra straps. Yeah, and some bright pink earrings on, isn't she? Yes, and then her and uh, Elaine do these uh, shitty British accents <laughs> where like, oh, you look marvelous. Oh, yeah, you hello, look simply darling. divine. <laughs> and then uh, they kind of do the accent people think that I make on this podcast. No, it was definitely your accent. My it was, telephone it was like an, voice. It was like an impression of you. Oh, God. <laughs> My telephone uh, voice. So after Elaine and Bonnie pretend to be Chris, um, <laughs> Dow uh, spots Corey and Bonnie's boyfriend Jack having a hug, and he calls them homos. Yeah. So, uh... Lovely. Yeah. Elaine then starts telling everyone... <laughs> Two bros, chilling in a hot tub. <laughs> five feet apart, because they're not gay. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> well, it's that mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Like, give someone a hug. Are oh, you gay? So, Elaine tells everyone that Dal's got a small dick, giving us the uh, impression that she's slept with him. Are they in an open relationship? I, yeah. It's, a, it's a... Yeah. The, the uh, friendship group is a bit weird yeah full on snogs aren't frowned upon willy talk isn't frowned upon no <laughs> talking about each other's bits um yeah well, they, all, they all sit down for uh for a drink at the cafe um then Corey brightens the mood and tells everyone that his dad killed himself um reveals that the people at the start are his grandparents and that's why they're going up to uh, this farm to do some investigating I don't understand why he brought his friends along. By the end of this film, we're introduced to eight of his friends. Yeah. Why couldn't just him and, his, and Elaine go just there? Just him and Elaine? Yeah. Why did he have to invite eight fucking friends to go and look at this cabin with him? Yeah, I don't get it. Because there's nowhere for them to sleep no, anyway. it's not like it was going to be a fun weekend. No. He just went to have a look at the cabin. So, uh... Well, just a small group of friends. You know, you know, the original Evil Dead, they were just going for the cabin for a bit of fun. But then... Original. As if this is a remake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but then you have, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You just like, a group of friends going to invest. That's fine. Not eight of the fuckers. No. Well... I don't even have that many friends. I wouldn't even know who to invite. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I do, I'm very popular. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, the uh, Silver Daddy Petrol guy with the eyebrows. Yeah, don't say Silver Daddy. <laughs> with the eyebrows, uh, turns up and he's like, take your friends and go home. And Dale starts being a prick to him. So he pulls a gun out and it was like, yes, finally. But the gun's not loaded. Um, everyone leaves and it's just uh, Corey and eyebrows. And they start having a conversation where 
Eyebrows gives us a full backstory. It says it all happened in 1929, which is bullshit, because it says the start of the films in 1931. Yeah, that was weird. Um, apparently he saw what happened, uh, and then he's like, you've got to get out of here, go home. And then Cora's like, no, you really want to go? He's like, okay, well, if you want to go, it's just down the road from here, the road. but don't go. I'm like, well, you've just told him where to go. Yeah. So they walk out, they're all friends now, um, and then the actual best characters of this film arrive. The... In inspiration, clearly, for Sam and Dean from Supernatural, because they look exactly like them. Um, Chuck and Stacy, two very bright magicians, arrive. Very bright um, magicians. Terry uh, reveals that Chuck is actually her ex. Yeah. Chuck looks like um, the 90s equivalent to Sean William Scott, but with longer hair. Um, and a massive forehead. A massive forehead. He, uh, the drive down, he's hanging out of the car, they're playing some fancy music. Uh, what is that music from? Oh, uh, I, it, it was bugging me. It's clearly some royalty-free classical music. Yeah. I really, really, no, no, I'm not going to say it because I'll only get it wrong. I don't know. Well, yeah, they turn up in this car, this convertible, Chuck's hanging out of it, um, and then they drive up to uh, Terry, and he's like, a princess should always have flowers, and he makes a pair of flowers disappear. A bunch of flowers. Yes. It's yeah. very nice of him. It's very kind. Um, and then, in a rather bizarre move, Dal throws a can at uh, Chuck, and then Chuck does a five-minute karate <laughs> trick. This goes on for so Where you long. just see the can in the air, and he, him just throwing his legs around... <laughs> I, I don't know what's going... It's so weirdly edited. Yeah. <laughs> and the result of it is he kicks the can into Dal's face. Yeah. Um, so, and then Dal um, calls him a homophobic slur because he's Dal and he's an arsehole. Uh, Stacy makes a rabbit appear. <laughs> it all happens so fast. Um, Chuck lets out a bird, says Shazam. And uh, the bird takes a shit on Dal. Yeah. All within the space of about a minute. So we're introduced to Penn and Teller. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, the, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, so they all drive up to the uh, the site of the incident. Um, the magicians have a costume change. Yeah, I don't know how they changed their costume. In the car whilst driving. Yeah. We also see an egg hatch whilst they're on the way with worms in it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of foreboding there. Like, ooh. Yeah. What's going to happen? Um, no, nothing to do with birds' eggs hatching worms again, but, you know. No. And the film's an hour and 40 minutes. Why did that need to be in there? No. A lot of this just didn't need to be there. Well, just glim is unnecessary. <laughs> well. Um, the, the bird hatching was unnecessary. The beer can being in the air for five minutes was unnecessary. <laughs> when they were around in fog for five minutes, that's unnecessary. The whole uh, Willie and Raymond, Rayner, Ray, William Rayner, the characters introduced later, them turning up was the really most pointless. pointless thing in the whole film. And only added to my list of questions. <laughs> um, but we'll get on to that. They find the... Uh, the remains of the barn 
not the barn, but the barn is later on. They find the remains of the cabin that exploded at the start of the film and the cross with the skeleton on it. Um, yeah, the magicians have a costume change and then uh, Bonnie, our 80s queen, falls over and finds a skull. But she, there's no reason to why she fell over. No, she's just sort of like, ooh. That was it. Yeah. Fell over. Um, then Corey... I know, I, know, I know some people who just fall over randomly. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Corey goes to touch the skull and uh, a digital lightning effect. Now, whilst the practical effects in this film aren't bad, the digital effects in this film... Whew, I suppose it's it's 1990 though, isn't it? You're not really going to get... This was after the likes of The Empire Strikes Back was made. Yeah. And whilst this doesn't have that budget... Yeah. If, you, if you're going to make digital effects look like this, just don't do it. it is, it's awful. Oh, it's very Hellraiser, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the end of Hellraiser. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the digital effect gives uh, Corey a flashback as to where he remembers uh, his brother... Who has a mullet? His was it dad's his dad's brother? His dad's, dad's brother. So his uncle. Yeah, who that has... we had absolutely no mention of before. Yeah, he has a mullet. And if I remember correctly, really no mention of afterwards. No. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he's just he's got this mullet and he spits blood, and then dies, and Corey reckons that that means that's his skull, half yeah. buried. Well, Corey becomes an expert on um, skeletons and uh, who they belong to, all of a sudden. My, okay, so all this happened in 1931, yeah? This film's set in 1990, present day. Mm -hmm. All this is going on. So in the, how many years? 59 years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my maths is correct. So in the 59 years between this cabin exploding and um, this film, the setting, these guys getting there, that this skull has just been left half buried. <laughs> skeleton on a cross. All that skeleton time. on a cross is still there. No one's drove past there in all those years. No one's, no one's gone anywhere near. <laughs> no one's done anything to it. No one investigated this massive explosion. <laughs> You know, no one called the police when these people turned up missing. Because uh, the Corey's dad was in the hospital at the time. He was a very young child, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So he'd just been born. He'd just been born. Um, which, I don't know why he was in the hospital, yet the mum wasn't. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, okay. And then she's like completely just like, I'm just going to go home now. You can look after him for a while. <laughs> Um, I don't think that's... I've got dinner to cook. You just have to the baby for a bit. No, I've got some demons to fight (laughs) off. Um, But yeah, so this baby's in the hospital. Um, So when nobody turns up to collect this baby from the (laughs) hospital, did they not think to go investigate? (laughs) Like, um, someone really needs to Maybe we should go to their address. You know, no one went to the lost property to find it. So, yeah, first first real question I have is, why has this place been left untouched for so long? Well, <laughs> one thing's for sure about the place. According to uh, Chuck, 
He's not sure what happened there, but you can sure tell the death has walked through there. Wonder what made him think that. I know. Do you yeah. think it might have been a skeleton on the cross that made him think Potentially. that? Potentially. Well, we then find out that if you walk through the doors of this, uh, the ruins of this cabin, you end up in the actual rebuilt cabin, mm. which magic. is never explained. Never explained. It's demon magic, isn't it? You know, um, they investigate. The turkey's still there. Turkey is still there. Yeah. yeah. Must be really fucking cold now. Corey finds another corpse and gives his analysis. Um, he finds a broken necklace. And it apparently reads on there that that's his grandmother. Well, no, there's not enough room on there to read the line that he read out. Mm. Uh, and he's like, yeah, this is my grandmother. Oh, nice to see her. Looks a bit burnt. Um, hasn't got much skin on her. So there's some writing on the wall. More some... skin on the turkey. <laughs> There's some Latin on the wall. Yeah, how did the turkey survive and she didn't? The explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That must have been a fucking good turkey. Nice. Really good turkey. So, there's some Latin on the wall and Bonnie has to be that person starts reading it out. Oh, dear. And then the cabin comes to life, a la Evil Dead 2. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is exactly taken from Evil Dead 2. Oh, fuck's sake, yeah. Cabin is. comes alive, turkey explodes it, at last, and a knife is thrown at Corey. So, like, yeah, we should probably leave. And then, all of a sudden, the magicians have guns. Yeah, I don't know where they got all these guns from. And of all the characters to have guns, they weren't really the ones I thought would. You... Well, they did make a rabbit appear out of nowhere and a bird, so yeah, maybe they, they did the same with guns. I'm going to make a shotgun appear out of nowhere. <laughs> and all the ammo for it Yeah. Well. I think of all the people to have a gun, it would be the douchebag, wouldn't it? Yeah. Dell. But no, apparently it's... Uh... Supernatural dudes. Yeah, so then the um, the batteries die. Yeah, so uh, in a real horror cliche, obviously the cars don't work. All the batteries are dead. So they can't drive off. So they decide to walk, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, Bonnie is all of a sudden um, an expert on demonic possession. <laughs> Uh, and then she says to Jack, if we, do, if we, being the keyword, if we die here, please don't bury me here. <laughs> what do you mean if we <laughs> die here? If you both die, then no <laughs> shit, he's, he's not going to bury you there because he'll be fucking dead. And obviously no one goes to visit, so they're going to be there for another 59 <laughs> years. And so what if she's buried there? What difference does that make? It's not fucking pet cemetery. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... So then they go for their walk, and this is when the fog attacks them for far too long. It's honestly about five minutes, and I'm like, wow. it's fog! And they turn around, walk away. It's fog! And then literally there's one point where Elaine's like, oh, fuck's sake, this fog's back again. And then... You're joking. <laughs> it takes them back to the cabin, saves them walking back, and then three girls appear. But isn't that at a summit? This is... I was a little confused by this part as well, because I thought they would at a cemetery yeah it's a pet cemetery when the girls <laughs> were there so the three girls appear in like Victorian clothing yeah and um, that's when they're seemingly they're back at the cabin but I didn't think there was like gravestones near the cabin no and that's not really shown again either no no well 
the three girls do exactly what everyone wanted to do. Um, Dale walks up to him and is like, hey, little girls. And they just throw him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yes. She does. She does <laughs> Bonnie reacts to this in a rather peculiar way. She runs up to one of them. She's like, ah! She just starts screaming in the face. And then, uh, obviously, the little girl's pissed off with this. Like, they're just minding their own business. Uh, so they turn her into a doll. Um, the doll matches her outfit and her hair. The doll says, you lied, and explodes. Yeah, I don't understand who lied. But no one gives a shit. They really were not affected by this at all. In fact, Corey turns around and says, I think they're trying to warn us away. (laughs) Oh, really? What makes you think that? This body, seemingly she's dead because she's in, she turned into a doll and the doll explodes like everything else in this film. And everyone's just, oh, oh no. <laughs> they just carry yeah, on. No one even says, oh no, they don't care. They literally don't acknowledge no, it. No, what is this? Walk her away. boyfriend's a little upset. He's for, a smidge for like about for a about second. T- yeah, yeah. He looks a little shocked, and that's it. They move (laughs) on. They talk normally. There's nothing there. I kind of feel like this film, it's an all-white cast. I kind of feel like this film was made to showcase dumb white people in horror films. I... This is all the tropes. I feel that with this film, you could have tweaked it ever so slightly and made it into a parody. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I... not sure that's what they were going No, for. they were trying to make a serious horror But film. I feel like when we do the remake, if we just do a few tweaks, <laughs> we could make it into a really good we do. Are we making a remake? <laughs> no, we're not. It's of course not. <laughs> Stay tuned for our remake of Demon Wind. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play Bonnie. She's <laughs> <laughs> first one gone. Well, not in our remake. <laughs> She's going to be the final girl. Oh, God. Um, so... Dal punches Chuck. Yeah, so they're arguing. And they all decide to stay in the cabin. Um, Corey goes on an adventure and finds... uh, Corey Corey says, I think everything is okay now. Yeah. Let's clean up. Poor Uh, Bonnie. uh, Your friend's dead. (laughs) Your friend's dead. How can they forget someone with such an amazing outfit and hair? (laughs) She's the most memorable character. So, Corey goes on an adventure, he finds uh, his grandmother's diary, starts reading it out loud, because, you know, plot purposes, and for his audience members, we're not capable of reading, apparently. Um, Elaine walks in, and like, oh, you sure know how to treat a woman. Oh my god, what a weird weekend, you sure know how <laughs> to treat... What a strange weekend, You Bonnie. sure know how to show a girl a good time. Bonnie. Your friend's dead. <laughs> Your friend is dead. So uh, then they both and start reading it. you haven't actually left the cabin. You're, you're, you're not too far away from where she died. Yeah. Why, why, why are you acting as if everything's all right? You just well, stay the night. And there's one shot shortly after this where Chuck's still doing fucking magic tricks in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they um, read the diary out to the morse. got instructions on how to kill the son of Satan. You know, um... Oh, I switched off a little. When what happened to uh, writing recipes in a book? Instructions on how to kill the son of Satan. Um, Corey and who is still his unnamed girlfriend, Elaine, at this point. Uh, they find some demon daggers. Um, demon daggers that his grandmother didn't use. Yeah. 
Well, no, because these demon daggers disappear when you use them. Oh, so do you think she had a lot? Yeah, maybe. She had an array of daggers. She had a whole supply of them. And she only had two left. (laughs) Um, Well, then Corey bores everyone and tells them the entire story from the diary. Some of it, it's like, okay, this is really specific. How the fuck did his grandmother know all of this? Uh, the fire goes out, and then there's an abrupt cut to um, Chuck in Stacy's bedroom. And this this scene is so fucking entertaining. It's amazing. It's cheesy gold. It is just them talking shit for about five minutes. Um, I, I honestly want you to name a more iconic duo than Chuck and Stacy because I can't think of one. Yeah, they were just talking crap, weren't they? They said they're going to kick some supernatural ass. Which is obviously where Supernatural got it from. Yeah, modeled their characters after things to come. Chuck and Stacy. The influence of this film is incredible. Um, Stacy says he wishes he had some grenades. Then they said that they're gonna go stay in Las Vegas because no demons there. Yeah, no spiritual people there. I ain't gonna lie. I switched off a little whilst they were talking. I'm assuming. Oh, that's the best scene. They were talking about vacations they're gonna take when it's all blown over. Well, they're rudely interrupted by the star of Jailhouse Cock, Tiffany Millian. (laughs) Our queen shows up with her tits out, and she's like, "Come outside and play with me." Yeah, she goes on for a while, don't yeah, she? Yeah, come, come on, come, come give me. me a go. Come Ooh. outside. Come on, fellas. And uh, the magicians are like, at the exact same time, demon. demon. Like they know, demon. they know they'd never have a chance with Tiffany Million. They <laughs> they automatically know, and I completely respect them for that. The most realistic bit of dialogue in this entire film. <laughs> um, so they go outside to fight, and uh, Chuck is like, oh. They're playing our song. All I could hear is demons going, yeah. Yeah, I, can, I didn't actually hear a song. Yeah. And then uh, Stacey says the iconic line, which was always in the trailer on Horror Channel. It's like, all right, let's dance. Oh. Yeah. Lovely. So they approach Tiffany outside. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why'd you bring us out here? She's like, uh, hello, boys. And she turns to a demon. Yeah, floating. she's a proper floaty demon now. And she's the only one that I see floating throughout yeah. the whole film. Well, Chuck says, eat this, shoots her, and uh, she bleeds yellow blood, as do all the other demons. Yellow? It's a little snotty, I thought. Well, yeah, it's yellow. Okay. Well, you say the blood did not look yellow. Okay, it looked yellow, but it looked green as well, a little snotty. It did look like normal blood, basically. Um, then the demons come from every corner. Yeah, so they start circling our uh, two heroes. Yeah, and they do some back-to-back shooting. Yeah, yeah. The shorter one, unfortunately, gets his throat. Yes. Yeah. They're pulling some amazing faces when they're doing the shooting. Don't know how, though. We didn't see a demon go. No, I know. Yeah, it's a bit all confusing. Somehow he gets curled. Um, Chuck runs away. Roundhouse kicks a fucking demon's head off. That was the okay. most iconic scene yeah. in horror history. <laughs> <laughs> you don't laugh over exaggerate. Well, I'm sorry, it was iconic. Um, it was very much uh, Pamela Voorhees, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great oh. decapitation. Um, I just can't get out. It was amazing. Um, and then uh, 
just when you think Chuck survives, a demon pops up behind him and is like, surprise! In fact, the demons say surprise quite a lot in this film. Yeah, um, he... So they've gone out to investigate. The shorter one's died. The taller one gives a roundhouse kick <laughs> to a demon, knocks its head off. He makes his way back to the cabin and he says, oh, I've made it. Like, made it to where? Back to the cabin. He didn't even go in. Okay, you've made it. Great, go in. It's not like you've made it home. (laughs) You've made it back to the cabin. Why why are you so happy about that? And then he's killed. Surprised and killed. Surprised and killed. All the friends open the door, and uh, then (laughs) Terry completely overreacts. Like, no! No, this is how you respond when your friend dies. Yeah, Bonnie. (laughs) Yeah. This is how you respond. You're upset. You you cry. You know, when you, th- <clears throat> I just, yeah, stupid. Well, I mean, she's obviously so upset because we've now lost our three best characters. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, they're all gone far too early. But now they start to care. Yeah, well, not too much because Dow thinks this is the right time to try on with Terry. <laughs> yeah. Our ex is dead now, he's out of the way. Yeah, Tries no competition, it on. let's go. Turns out, it's it's actually Demon Chuck in drag. <laughs> it is, yeah. And Not a pretty sight. No, and then it turns out it was a dream. It's all just a dream. But just then, you know, they're like, okay, we've got rid of a few characters. Uh, we're only f- like 40, 50 minutes in. Why don't we introduce some more? So George Michael turns up. Yeah, so, no, so it's like these people have not been mentioned before, these two <laughs> yeah. friends. Yeah, no one says they're waiting for They've not said, oh, when's, you know, when's George Michael and a girl wearing a beret going to turn up? <laughs> it, it doesn't. So we just think that that's all the people that were meant to be there. We, we even thought that was a lot then. Yeah. You've killed off three. So clearly, somebody, the writer or the director, said, do you know what, we need more kills in this film. We need more characters to bite the dust. So, randomly, these two people turn up. By name of... They're like, oh, look, it's William Rayner. Oh, okay. Fuck William (laughs) Rayner. So, (laughs) Rayner is wearing a fancy beret. She looks absolutely amazing. She looks... Wonderful. I mean, we needed a new fashion icon, considering Bonnie was dead. Yeah. So she takes over Bonnie's fashion icon role, and Willie isn't too far behind himself, because he has a very fabulous earring on, to look just like George Michael. He does, he's serving George. So, um... Okay, and the question is, how do they know how to get there? Oh, yeah, they must have went through that whole conversation with eyebrows. Yeah. like, you can't go there, it's just down the road. You can't go! Um, but yeah, I've got in capital letters, why did he invite eight friends? So, the gang come up with a plan to fight back. And amongst all of this, um, amongst all of this planning, William Rayner, they don't ask any questions. No. Whatsoever. No. They're just like, okay, so we're fighting demons, They great. don't say two words. No. They don't need to be there. I'm glad they were, because, I mean, they look great. But, they didn't need to be there. They didn't. So... Terry and Dow um, wander off like, yeah, do you know what? We're going home. But why didn't you make that fucking decision when you first got there and the cabin started becoming a person? Well, yeah. Like, just, why now? Like, we're going to walk. Yeah, we're, we're going to walk go home. Investigate. 
Yeah. So, and that, uh, is that where you thought Dale was redeeming himself? Because they walked home? No, it's the only <laughs> song I really did love you. Oh. Oh, yeah, well, we're getting to that bit now. Terry gets possessed out of nowhere. And uh, she kills him. Also, why is it suddenly so dark in this scene? Yeah, I know. Suddenly it's night time. I don't know how long they've been walking for. <laughs> well, suddenly, suddenly it's night time. It's night time. They exchange I love yous and uh, she kills him. Thank God. Yeah, we're, we've... what They weren't fingernails. They look like finger sticks. Yeah, she digs him into his forehead. Yeah. Decent kill. I mean, the kills in this film aren't bad. Nothing exciting. I mean, the best one is obviously the roundhouse kick demon. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you can't beat that. That's that's up there, that is. Um, so, uh, yeah, so... Dale gets killed. And then... Where are we? The rest go to investigate Yes, they go the to the barn. And uh, there's a skeleton there with a... Uh, what's that head? What was the head it had? It's like a goat's head isn't it yeah and there's a, a skull oh it's a goat's skull and there's a genuinely creepy imagery like there's a good film to be found somewhere in here but it's ruined by the execution and terrible dialogue and yeah acting and, and, and just for me it's just a very confusing film yeah it, it, it has no structure so to many it. questions it's so over it was like they were making it up as they were going along yeah a filming. little a little bit i do, i do find and um yeah, and weirdly edited as well, and it just, yeah. Well, I hope you didn't get too attached to William Rayner, because Rayner gets really aroused by this, um, what she what they call a altar to the devil. She, um, she gets really aroused by it, it says it's really beautiful. Um, gets a little close, and then she gets tongued to death. <laughs> the goat's head shoots out a tongue, yeah. wraps it around her neck, and uh, has a chew on her head, and... Uh, yeah, that's her dead. gone. That's her gone. No more beret. No, no more. Although she wasn't wearing a beret. Yeah, she took a beret off to go to the barn. What a fucking off. waste. Yeah, I don't know why she took that off. It's a real shame. Um, and then we get our favorite characters back. Chuck and Stacy appear as demons now, and they're saying all these quips like they're trying to be Freddy Krueger, and but you can't really understand what they're saying. No, it's no so badly edited. I mean, the only thing I heard as to why I knew they were doing quips is that. Because, obviously, Dow kept going on about good enough to eat when he first arrived. Chuck's got Dow's hand for some reason. And he's like, oh, Dow was good enough to eat. <laughs> yeah. 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 I didn't really get what they were saying. And then that's it. It was just a load of nonsense. Um, but then Corey scares him off. Pulls his demon knife out. Um, somehow, George Michael gets killed? Yeah, well, it's... So, they pull the, the dagger out and it scares off well, the two magicians. Yeah, George Michael was like, oh, my God, no, not Chuck and Stacey. He's like, how the fuck did you even know that? <laughs> yeah. And so, he's sort of left behind George and they go back to the cabin and like, oh, no, George, where's he gone? <laughs> and suddenly appears Beret Girl hanging down from the doorway. Holding, she's upside yeah. holding George's head. And we only know it's him because of the fucking earring. Because of that earring. <laughs> and so she gets stabbed with the dagger. Yeah, they waste the dagger. Disappears. Yeah, so we weren't... We, we were a little confused as to whether the dagger would uh, be for multi-use or not. Uh, but it's not. So um, she gets stabbed by the dagger. She reverts back to her normal self and says, you killed me. And then... 
disappears into yeah. like a Nice digital effect. Yeah, never nice digital effect. Um, they start boarding up the cabin, and then as the demons start approaching, we see one demon that looks like Shaking Stevens, um, dancing towards the cabin. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, as they get nearer to it, they just start um, getting digital effects to the chest, and they can't go near it. Yeah. Uh, and then they get a little cocky about this. Uh, Jack, Elaine, and Corin like, ha ha, eat it, scumbags. Elaine's like, come and get us, ha <laughs> So you've just mentioned Corey. Yeah. We haven't actually mentioned Corey. Corey hasn't really been a figure in the film, has he? Well, he has. He's the main character. Oh, not Corey. Who's the Jack. other one? Jack. No, Jack's done fuck all. That's Jack's why. Jack's done nothing. He's See, just Bonnie's boyfriend. mixed up. It's Jack. So Jack's the one wearing glasses that was Bonnie's boyfriend. I mean, he's the worst actor out of all of them. And, so. So, and this, this is... He just, like, fuck all, apart from look slightly sad when Bonnie dies. <laughs> and does absolutely nothing else. He always looks moment. sad. He always looks sad. And his acting is fucking terrible. He is the worst actor in the film. He is, yeah. That's so it's probably a good thing we didn't get much of him. Um, so, uh, you're yeah, like, ha, eat it. And, uh, then somehow the, uh, spell that was keeping the demons away no longer works. Yeah. No reason why. Apparently, so there's, he goes, oh, my grandmother's old spell must have, you know, been it's working. Still works. Which, which makes sense in the, kind of, in the sense that they had to lure them out of the cabin to kill them. Do you know... But so, then why was the cabin possessed? So the two magicians... Yeah. So I don't know why the cabin was possessed. As in, like, stuff was getting chucked everywhere. But the two magicians got killed outside of the cabin. Yeah. Um, they all got killed outside. George and... But yeah. And they were lured out. Mm. The, the two magicians. That's what I meant. Um, so apparently it's this old spell that's still working after all this time. And then... Suddenly, it's broken. Yeah, the windows explode. Um, and then we get about 20 minutes of uh, Corey shooting people. And Elaine just running around him. Oh, dying. Doing nothing. Getting grabbed by demons in the process. Um, yeah, that just goes absolutely nowhere. Long, he just shoots people. A long time of the demons getting shot as they try to enter the window. Demon Chuck and Stacy come back, which we don't like because that's the shit version of them. Um, Jack wanders off into the bedroom for some reason. Um, t- uh, Demon Terry gives us a jump scare. Uh, Jack stabs her in the hand of a hammer. The other end of a hammer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bonnie makes a comeback. And Jack's actually upset this time. He's like, oh, shit, she exists. Yeah, so Bonnie comes back in her n- normal self. And she's like, help me, Jack. Help me. I'm sorry, we didn't oh. really help you the first time. No, not really. But then this gives Jack a demon hand for some reason. Did he get scratched or not bitten? really, or... no. It just, it just happens. Suddenly he gets a demon hand. So, Corey's still shooting demons. Um, yeah. The never-ending... Elaine's like, do you know what? Shots of uh, them well, getting shot. Elaine's the voice of reason in this, which like, this can't go on forever. I was like, yes, we fucking Thank know. God. It's like, I'm going to go and uh, see what I could do. So she goes into the bedroom, finds Jack, who's now all uh, demon demonized. He's fully demonized now. Yeah, he's got his big ears. Because, yeah, all the demons... When you turn to a demon in this film, you get elf ears for some reason. Yeah, and uh, um, weird teeth. And weird teeth. 
So, um, Demon Jack gets a bit horny, starts feeling uh, Elaine's tits. Yeah, I didn't really get why. Why would they add this in? Yeah, and it goes on for a while as well. Yeah. Really focuses on on her boobs being fat up, and she doesn't really do anything about it. She's like, oh, okay. There's no suggestion of any of the other demons being, you know, no. sex offenders. No, she's like, oh, well, she seemed really interested. She didn't stop him. And she's like, okay, I'm a bit bored now. It's not really going anywhere. Um, she gets a demon knife out and stabs him in the eye. Waste the last demon knife. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he turns into a toddler. Then he turns into a baby. And then he turns into a bird. <laughs> yeah. So inconsistent. It makes <laughs> no sense. This what did happened not happen. To these people? Well, this didn't happen to Beret, did it? No. So. Um, and then a mysterious voice gathers the demons like, come by... Well, it, it looks like the end for Corey and, and Elaine. Yeah, but the demons walk up to them and then they walk off screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're like, they're doing a fashion show. Like yeah. a demon fashion show, like... Woo! They get to them, they're like, oh, oh, bye. No, see ya. <laughs> it's like, oh, am I going to kill you? No, not me. No. Ah. <laughs> then they all walk off screen. Um, and then a voice starts gathering them all together. And we get the big reveal. Do you know what it is? It's fucking eyebrows. Now, the fact that eyebrows is actually a priest um, and summoning all these demons and reveals that the whole reason that he's there to summon these demons is to to lure in um, Corey and Elaine. Okay. Then why the fuck was he telling them that they can't go to the cabin? Yeah. Why was he luring him away from it? He was like, okay, uh, yeah, you got to get the fuck out of here. He was being that guy. If they had taken his advice... Yeah. ...and just been like, okay, I'm sure you're right, we'll just go. Then that's it. He wouldn't have been able to complete his ritual. Then that's it, yeah. It makes no sense. But, and he says he needed all their friends as well. He needed all them. He lured them all in, turned them all into demons... To create his evil plan, whatever the fuck that was. Is that what he was, was. saying? I, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. This, I, this is where the editing really. Yeah, he needed all of them. Confused me because I had no idea what he was saying. He needed all of them, especially Elaine and Corey, for some reason. Um, he needed all of them, turn them into demons, and then do whatever. I, I don't know where he's going with it after that. Um, but he yeah. had a long time to do this. So all the demons gather around him. Um, the uh, shitty CGI merge them together to turn him into super priest. His his eyebrows have been turned into some sort of vessels <laughs> on his face. Um, Bonnie, co- what the fuck does Bonnie come back? I don't know. Bonnie just comes back in a normal form again. <laughs> I, I'm not complaining. It's great to see her again, but she comes back to be killed. There's no. <laughs> so this, so this like. Mega demon, because he's grown really big. He looks a bit like, um, is it Nemesis from Resident Evil? He does. Yeah. But, <laughs> but not as good. He, he probably looks like the worst out of all of them. His face looks like they were like, shit, quick, let's get the makeup together. Yeah, and <laughs> he's got weird patches of grey hair all over his body. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to call him Mega Demon. He's, so. got, he's got hoofs as well. Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course, yeah. So Mega Demon summons Bonnie and <laughs> like she's like no 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 and uh, now Elaine starts Elaine's caring like, no! about Elaine's like no Bonnie like finally but starts she caring she died earlier in the film you didn't give a shit so and then he sucks the life out of her 
essentially turns into an old lady. Yeah, sort of turns into an old lady and then a, a skeleton. And <laughs> yeah, that's the end of Bonnie. Again, again for the third time for the yeah. Um, um, they uh, run back into the cabin, start drawing out a pentagram. Yeah, this mega demon's talking throughout the whole thing. I he's like, <laughs> I just don't know what he's saying. Well, no, one thing I heard where he says, "Am I not beautiful?" Why are you asking that question? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, Corey then turns... Now, this is where it fucking makes no sense yeah. at all. Corey turns himself into a bold demon. Looks like child Jason. It does look like Jason as a child or something out of Star Trek with those fucking it ears. It does look like something out of Star Trek as well, actually. Um, oh, do, do you know... No, I can't remember what they're called, but it's definitely something from Star Trek that he looks yeah, like. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. He kicks a mega priest in the balls for some reason. Um, lots of CGI lightning. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it. So I don't, I just, I don't get how he turns into this alien looking creature. They, they start doing a spell, which they could have done much earlier in the film. You know, the spell's there. Do you know what this is a rip-off from? What? Nightbreed. This is exactly what happens at the end of Nightbreed. He turns himself into... Oh, shit. Spoiler alert for Nightbreed. He turns himself into one of them. One of the... Uh... Cre- Can you have a look what year Nightbreed was released? Was it the same year? I thought Nightbreed was a little earlier. No, no, because it's definitely 90s. Oh, okay. So, do you think Nightbreed ripped this off? And no, I think this might have written Nightbreed off. Nightbreed was 1990. What so month? It was... Oh, I don't know. Because it tells you at the bottom of INDB. Does it? This was July. This was September. Ah. That's very interesting because... Yeah, this is... That, that looked like a total rip-off from Nightbreed. But then wasn't Nightbreed a novel before it was It was, so film? maybe... Maybe they took it from that. But uh, either way, no, it makes no sense in the context of this film. Um... Corey gets CGI'd into an illusion where um, he sees all his friends back to life, but not George Michael and uh, Beret. They're no, there. they're not there, actually, are they? <laughs> Doesn't give a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I genuinely feels like those two characters were just forced into the film. I they're edited in later on. Yeah, yeah, no, literally. And I genuinely feel, now that you've just mentioned that they weren't in that little... Um, dream sequence or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I genuinely feel that maybe they were just like... Shot okay, later. We need to shoot a couple more deaths. Yeah. Uh, we've got this barn that we haven't used yet. Let's use that. Well, um, it doesn't matter anyway because this is all a dream and uh, everyone starts throwing up bread sauce like the start of the film. Um, and then uh, Corey decides he wants to be like Nancy from Nightmare on Owl Street. He's like, do you know what? I'm not afraid of you. You're shit. And uh, stuff like that to uh, Mega Priest. Um, a whole section of him telling him he's not afraid of him. Uh, we get Demon Elaine. Yeah. No reason. Oh, she's a demon now. Oh, yeah. no, she's not. They're both demons now. Um, oh, no, they're not. Oh, yes, they are. He's like, Elaine, read the final spell. Um, so she does that. She uh, A really very fucking simple spell as oh, well. Oh, yeah. That they could easily have said a long time ago. Yeah, saved all their friends. Yeah. If he knew it was there... He was reading that diary, the entire fucking yeah. f- sequence of them sitting around a the fire. His, before any of his friends died, he was reading that fucking diary. Yeah. 
So he could easily have just been, oh, it's a spalier. Shall we try it? Well, somehow the set's mega priest on fire, makes the cabin explode again, but somehow Corey and Elena are okay. They, they They're survive. Fine. Um, this transforms them back into their normal selves. Yeah. Everybody else, fucking George, our two action heroes, all of them, they're nowhere to be seen. No. They're not turning back into so human they're beings. they're dead, but then... Yeah, I don't know if it was Mega Demon Tricks or something to make, but I don't get it. No, because it makes no sense. No. They drive back to the petrol cafe. They could have just escaped and gone home. Well, before this, Elaine takes the words right out of my mouth and says, is it really over? <laughs> uh, not quite. No. Um, but we're getting there, thank fuck. Um, they go back to Petrol Cafe. And uh, the lady that was obsessed with little Linda, she's there in the shadows. And uh, she comes out and somehow she knows Elaine's name. Yeah. An hour and 34 minutes into this film, the fucking waitress at this cafe knows Elaine's name <laughs> more than her own boyfriend does. Because yeah. no one else says her name throughout the entire film. No. And she's like, is it all okay now, Elaine? Um, she walks out. Um, they kill her with the book. Yeah. Uh, a big bolt of lightning shoots out of it. Kills her. Um, they drive off. Demon Jess Glynn appears and shoots some lasers out of her eyes at the camera. <laughs> and that's the end of the film. Hooray, it's over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get how that diary suddenly became a weapon. I think that entire last few minutes, last four minutes of the film was also edited later on. Because yeah. that did not need to exist. It didn't make any sense. And it's an hour and 40 minutes. Why did it need to be an hour and 40 minutes? No. This is 1990. This is coming off the back of when horror films were between an hour and 20 to an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. There's so much unneeded shit. It's all unneeded. Oh, sad disappointment that I once loved that film. It just... And I still say it's it's cheesy. It's, it is entertaining. But it makes no sense. I don't know. Maybe it says more about me as as a viewer, but I can't overlook a lot of the confusing aspects of the film. A lot of the inconsistencies with how the demons are killed, um, how the demons exist. Um, a lot of the plot inconsistency. I can't overlook that. It You know, you can make a good, fun you know, horror film without having these stupid, inconsistent rules and plots and, you know. You you look at demons. Look at demons. That's not inconsistent. That's a fun film. You know, and that's what this film was trying to be, I feel. And, and Evil Dead, that's a fun film to watch. But it's not stupid. And this film was stupid. Yeah, I think it could benefit from a remake. Um, obviously made by us, where Bonnie and Beret are the lead characters. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I said that as a joke earlier, because I don't think it needs remaking, because it's such a rip-off. I mean, it kind of has. It's called Evil Dead, and it was released in 2013. <laughs> yeah. It's such a rip-off of other films that I don't think it needs remaking. Just... Just watch the, you know, better films that it ripped off. Yeah. Just watch them. 
Well, that was Demon Wind. I give it a two out of five. <laughs> what do you give it? I give it a one out of five. <laughs> so not half. Not half. No, no. I I gave in in terms of out of ten. I I did give it two, because um. Because of the beret. No, because a demon gets his, <laughs> her head kicked off <laughs> with a roundhouse kick, and that's always quite fun. So. Well, Why didn't they have more of that? I know. That, Why didn't they have more of that? That entire sequence was basically what existed. the trailer on the Horror Channel consisted of. Because and that's why I was so sold. A long, there's a long time before any of it really kicks off. Yeah. I've, no pun intended. Um, but until it really... Until you see a fucking demon properly within, you know, Corey's story, you, you see them back in back in the day... But when it really kicks off at the cabin, you're like 40 minutes into it, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it is very inconsistent. It's very messy, but it's entertaining as hell. It's very inconsistent. It needs to be it's seen at least once messy, in your lifetime. And it's not entertaining. You need and to it see it. Like you're going through hell. <laughs> um, so usually we would see you same time, same place next week. But we have a bonus episode for you this Friday. So, it's Friday the 13th, and we have came to a decision. Each Friday the 13th, um, for as long as it takes, we are going to cover a film from the Friday the 13th franchise. Yes. So, obviously starting out with 1980s uh, original this week on Friday. Um, This, we're finally going to be talking about a good film again. It's been a while. Yeah. But this is like a very, very good blend. Um, of good and bad. There's going to be a lot for us. It's not like Silence of the Lambs where we only had good things to talk about. There's going to be a good mixture in this. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel Friday the 13th as a film um, maybe hasn't aged the best. No. But it's still, you know, the, you know, Godfather to the slasher. But well, the 80s slasher genre, films. Absolutely. Absolutely, there's there's no way of denying its influence and and the fact that it is a, a fun film. Yeah, and I loved it when I was younger. It was one of the first real. It was I think it was the first film I yeah. watched. Yeah, it was the first one I watched. But um, yeah, I think it'd be good to get to uh, get to really look into it and analyze yes. it and yeah. So yeah. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening to us on iTunes. Uh, follow and like if you're listening to us on Epic House. Uh, check us out on social media. Horror Court Trash over on Instagram and Facebook. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm Gasmo205 on Instagram. Gascruz92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Oh, yeah, I'm DeadlightGaz92 on Letterboxd. Don't forget Letterboxd. Yes. It's the only one I really post on anymore. With any consistency. Well, we will stay away from uh, cafes um, with people with bushy eyebrows. and uh, Stay away from this fucking film. <laughs> Watch this film. It's on Amazon Prime and YouTube. <laughs> we'll see you on Friday. Bye.